you may have noticed that for weeks and weeks and weeks, ever since I've had this laptop, my, my screen has been square. Mm. And I discovered in the aspect ratio, I can change the aspect ratio of my camera. And it's now widescreen! Woo! It's only taken you 10 months to find that. <laughs> Probably longer. I think I've had this laptop nearly two years. This is Sheer Isolation. It's presented by Kieran Moore in Trowbridge and John Ponting in Cricklade. Hello, one and all. You are tuned in to Sheer Isolation. Thank you for joining us. I'm just going to share the screen so you can see Kieran's fantastic flamingo mug. That's a little bit, isn't it? You're, you're bringing to mind the, the uh, brother and sister act from Gogglebox, who are always have incredible <laughs> coffee mugs. Yes. I've got very boring mugs. I don't have any intrinsically shaped mugs to drink because they're inconvenient. John, I've got a mug that's shaped like a boob and you drink out of a nipple. Of course you do. I, I mean, you're, you're that classy. It does not surprise me. Oh, I am embarrassed to admit that. Um, but I do have one of those. It's from Germany. It's a German mug. Anyway, we've kind of gone off track. Right. So Again, let's get back. Behind, uh, the idea behind the show is that we promote local music, not talk about our mugs and biscuit uh, routines. <laughs> <laughs> that's good for the intro, though, isn't it, Gone Good for the uh. intro. Yes, definitely. So coming up today, we've got a couple of tracks as always. We're, we're playing a tune from Jonah Hitchens and a tune from the Homegrown Collective. A couple of more mellowy, folky, hippie, traditional, acoustic vibes going for the next half hour. Today's guest is Margaret Bryant from the Devizes Festival, who I, I believe you've known for quite a while, Karen. Yeah, we, I don't remember exactly at what point in time that I met her, but I was introduced to her. But um, I've known her for a good nearly... 17 years now 16 years 15 years and she's just a brilliant brilliant human being well that is most of your life <laughs> i'm 37 john you could have kept that quiet that was supposed to be a compliment ah <laughs> uh, oh, sorry sorry shocking behavior <laughs> <laughs> okay then well let's uh, get straight in with with a tune my yes, turn to pick one, pick it this one. week i have picked one from a few years ago this isn't a brand new track it's by a, a bristol outfit called the homegrown collective i'm not sure how many of them there are but there's there's quite a few of them and i found them i, I discovered them at hamilton house down in stokes croft in in bristol i've not really kept up with the story of hamilton house so for people who aren't aware it's kind of an old 60s 70s style office building that has been converted so on the ground floor there's a venue kind of a community hub kind of a cafe and bar and then all the other floors are dedicated to local charities, local support groups. So it, it is a real key community hub in, in, in that area. But I know that it was bought out and the landlords were looking at closing it or selling it on or, do, or redeveloping it. And I'm not sure quite where, that's, uh, where they are in that phase, whether we, we've still got Hamilton House or whether, whether it has gone now. We're going to have to investigate, aren't we? Yes. But anyway, I was uh, there one night and I found this band, The Homegrown Collective. This particular track is called Wilder. And uh, yeah, have, have a listen. A million miles in circles and a moth to the flame. For you, love was always such a dangerous game. An open window and a closed door And a heart that wouldn't wait no more When you screamed out at the heavens And you walked out on your own And braved the path of the great unknown When you relentlessly searched out what it 
collective on youtube you get a version of them playing jump in the subway and it's great <laughs> there you go yeah we we um we had them play at the last year of tree fest and they're they, um, they really punch so you, that you know after having um the gentleman from the forestry commission to come on talk about the festival and 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 tree fest you, looking at that band i can totally see they fit the aesthetic the principles the the identity excellent booking john and i wasn't even there Oh, why, thank you, Kieran. <laughs> Do you so, have any product placement this week, Kieran? Remember, a few weeks back, I told you I went into the Pound Shop and I bought a Pound CD. What you can also do, if, you've, if you want old albums that are no longer pressed, you can go onto Discogs and go onto the Marketplace, and you often find people selling CDs for a pound or 50p or whatever. And I bought Rocket from the Crypt, Scream, Dracula, Scream, just... Not product placement, it's not new, but Discogs is a good tip for old records. I saw them at, you remember the really muddy Glastonbury? There's a lot of muddy Glastonbury's. Must have been one. Yes. Did you see them? Did you see them there, did you? Mm, Yeah. I'm pretty sure, I don't know, don't quote me, but what I think that was 1998. I did go in 98. Oh, you've got a memory. The the reason I remember it is because they specifically played the track on a rope on on TV and the the mosh pit parted and there was a slip and slide down the middle to that during that song. There you go. First Glastonbury and it was a muddy one. It was a muddy one. Uh, My first and only Glastonbury was 1999. Time time for our interview. As we mentioned in the intro there, uh, Margaret Bryant from the Devizes Festival. Now, you're kind of part of the Devizes Festival, or you were yourself, weren't you, Kieran? I was for a long time. Um, I ended up leaving Devizes Festival after about 10 or 11 years. I basically, I changed jobs and I changed where I was, careers, where I was living, etc. And it just got too much. Um, and I decided that it had to go, not because I didn't like it, but because I couldn't commit to it. And there's no point in doing something unless you can do it well. So um, I, loved, I loved them. I loved every minute of it. It was great. So... We, we shouldn't use that uh, mentality for this podcast, mate, seriously. Yeah, <laughs> you can't do it well, yeah, right. don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, let's, let's hear what Margaret has to say. 
The festival was actually started about 40 years ago by somebody called Leslie Taylor, who sadly passed away a couple of years ago. But he started it. And when it started, there were three or four events and it was classical. And then it grew and grew and grew. And I managed to pick up the whole bunch of programs dating right back to when the festival first started. And it was fascinating to see how it grew and how different people's influence comes through the festival. So, for instance, another person who sadly passed away, Tony Goldsmith, of course, he brought his flavour of folk and blues um, to the festival. Ian Ian Hopkins brought his interests to the festival. And I think that's what we all do. So the festival grew and grew and grew. And then it became it started to become a bit more professional, I suppose you'd say, about 15 years ago, when the programme was a bit more organised, and it was it was kept to a specific couple of weeks during June, whereas way back in the day, they'd spread it over four weeks, maybe just whenever artists were available. The idea now, our our banner headline, is that we want to appeal to everybody. So we do children's things, we do things, classical music, we do popular music, jazz, we do speakers, we do historians. So we have a wide range of things that people are interested in. And every year we have people saying, oh, there are too many things to choose from and I don't know what to spend my money on because... You know, it's that it is such a good value, just a, a good selection of things over two weeks. And people could be out every single night of the week, really. <laughs> it's not a conventional festival like you buy one ticket and you're there for two days. It's a series of bespoke no. in multiple different venues. You sort of using the every aspect of the town possible. How many events do you approximately do a year? Do you know? Well, we do about 24, over two weeks, we do about 24 paid events. So some are at lunchtime, some in the evening, but also, and you're, you're very familiar with this because it was your big thing, but we have the fringe and the fringe, of course, is free. And sometimes people make a donation, something like that. But um, a few years ago, we had to make the decision to try and keep the fringe contained to the weekend, to Sundays, because the, um, the festival tends to run Monday to Saturday. And then Sunday, we used to have a day off. But actually, um, we made the decision to have fringe on a Sunday. So great things organised in pubs and venues around the town at lunchtime in the evening, in the afternoon, poetry readings, music places, you know, there really is something for everyone. And what's lovely about the Fringe as well, as you just pointed out there, that it's free, it's free entry. So what that does, it becomes a leveller. Yes. If you are in town and you can't afford to go watch so-and-so, you can still engage with the festival and go watch something for free. So that's really lovely. Exactly. Now, yeah, actually, it is. Yeah. Now, I actually credit Devizes Festival for a really significant part of my own development because I came to the festival doing local music, doing local bands in pubs, all the kids, the teenagers. I started through Devizes Festival, the vessel, through Devizes Festival, I discovered that actually listening to people talk about history was really fascinating. Watching one man physical theatre performances was amazing. Watching like comedy, poetry, and all of a sudden my vision went from being solely music to just going... People are amazing. They, these, under the banner of art, we just do some incredible stuff. I do remember, Kieran, one thing that sticks out in my mind is the year we had Lucy Worsley. And <laughs> you, 
you were just like idolizing. I want to do the sound for Lucy. I really want yeah. to. And she was absolutely lovely, wasn't she? <laughs> I was absolutely smitten because I, I, I secretly fancy her a little, <laughs> and she's just, she's really, <laughs> she's really passionate about. She's really knowledgeable about what she talks about, and she makes it interesting and engaging. From the years that you've been involved, what's your personal highlight or highlights? Yeah. More than one, I'm sure. Give us a couple of examples. One of the names that will go down in history for me is Anne Widdicombe, because, of course, she's a very controversial character. And we put her on the front of um, the programme and people said that will either you know, make people run away or it will attract them. Anyway, she did fill the corn exchange. And I remember sitting with her in her dressing room. And the first thing that happened was she sat on a chair and the chair collapsed. <laughs> and she's a very small woman. Anyway, she was, she was absolutely... Um, whether or not you agree with her politics and you know, some of the awful things she's done, she certainly is memorable. But I suppose the one that really sticks out in my mind forever, and it was mainly because it got people so excited, was the blues band. When the blues band came, I don't know if you remember that, Paul Jones I, and the I blues band. I remember that distinctly. And they, oh. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was when the people of Devizes, I remember saying at the end of the concert, gosh, if they'd been children, they'd have had slapped legs, all those people in the audience, <laughs> because people complained about it not being a seated event. We'd said that it was limited seating. So we had this great queue of people and people claiming they had knee problems and hip problems and they needed a seat. And it was riotous. And then, of course, Paul Jones, who's well over 70, performed for two hours and up on stage dancing around. And actually, people were dancing and it, it really was one of the highlights for me. <laughs> That's incredible. Uh, and actually, you've, you've touched on something there with, with Anne Widdicombe because um, the festival didn't shy away from having controversial characters because I can remember Howard Marks coming to the festival just not long before he died. Oh. Do you remember? Yeah. We had to kick a yeah. punter out because it all got a bit... Whoa. That's <laughs> yeah. right, I remember. Yeah, yeah. No, it's always good to have a bit of controversy. You know, you, you, you try to please everybody, but, you know... You, you can't please everybody all the time. And um, I love the festival because it's a bit like, you know, my background as a teacher. The reason I love teaching was every day is a different day. And that's what the festival is like. You know, every single event is different. People behave differently. I remember Sebastian Fawkes, for instance, came and was talking about his books. And a few of the people who'd got their books signed went over to the Black Swan with him for drinks. And apparently they had to be thrown out. They, they, he drank so much beer. He loved 6X beer. <laughs> Get out, you're too drunk. <laughs> As you know, we've had to cancel 2020 and 2021 yeah. now, which is very sad because 2020, all our acts had agreed to come and perform in 2021. So it was a ready-made festival for us. We think now, moving on, that it will be a bit stale because we've got people like, for instance, Ed Balls was on the programme. And right. of course, he'd been on Strictly the year we booked him. What happened last uh, for 2020 was that we got as far as we printed all our brochures, uh, 12,000 of them, at <laughs> great expense. And yeah. obviously, they were all scrapped. And so we decided when 2020 had to be cancelled, we then thought, well, we could move some people 
to November because we often put on a November event. And so we tried to, we, we asked a couple of people if they'd be happy to do November. And yes, yes, they were happy to do that. So we, we were sort of aiming towards doing something in November. And then, of course, COVID continued and social distancing and venues closed and we weren't allowed to use any venues. So then we asked all our artists if they would move forward to 2021, which they all did. And they were really kind and helpful and understanding. But we made the decision, actually, we only made it last week. We made the decision that we couldn't perform this June, which is the two weeks we normally have our festival. So we decided we have to cancel this year's festival as well. Now, what we're doing is, again, we're looking at putting on potentially some virtual events and we're also looking at maybe doing a mini mini festival in November but the problem for us is that we've done a few surveys and people aren't that happy to pay for virtual events and we're not sure we're going to get the audience from our friends and our audience and a lot of feedback we've had is they see us as a live event arts festival if you like you know it's got to be live And so we've just gone out to friends and said, look, your subscription is due. We quite understand if you don't want to pay up this year because, you know, obviously there's nothing much happening. But, you know, we'd love if if you would make a donation. And we've had a massive response and people just saying, no, I want to contribute. And uh, we're looking forward to a festival whenever you can get it up and going again. So that's where we are. When, when do you start organising the festival? Because I think it's probably quite significant to imply or at least show people how much work goes into this because it happens in June. Mm. Actually start organising it. Yeah. So we start, as soon as the festival is over, we have a wash-up meeting where we look at anything that's gone well or everything that's gone well and things that perhaps need tweaking. And then we're straight into ideas. And the first meeting in September... We come with all our ideas. We have YouTube clips. We have names. We have the costings. We've we've often contacted people and said, how much are you going to cost? And then it starts. And of course, you've got to have contracts raised. There's so much work and the committee work incredibly hard. And nobody gets paid. It's all voluntary, isn't it? It's all voluntary. It's completely voluntary. Yeah, there's not a penny goes out to anybody. And in fact, even down to, you know, we if we have an end of year event where um, we all have our wash up meeting and then maybe a few drinks and a meal, we all pay for our own. So there's nothing there for us. But uh, we do it because we love it. Well, there you go. I think that's a really excellent place to draw that to a close, Margaret. We normally... Lovely to pick a song um and you've picked as a song tell us about the song and why you've picked this particular one i mean i have lots of stories about acts but there was a particular act jonah hitchens and the super band who came and they played down in the merchant suite downstairs which is a smaller venue about 100 people fit in there and they were amazing i mean they were seriously amazing they're like a big band you know and anyway they um so they played their hearts out and at the end of the evening at the time we didn't always pay people on the night we used to do a backs payment or a check or whatever and they said is there any chance we could have cash because we haven't got any money to put petrol in the car so um, we all scrabbled around to get the money together to pay them and I've kept in touch with Jonah and I'd love to have him back but anyway this is his song called A Little Dedication and um, I just wanted to remember him really because he's been fantastic 
Looking at you, there's a best little thing in the world that I can do. Especially when you look at me, too. Just the way you walk and talk, and your eyes, they are gleaming. And there are no words that could describe the way I feel about you.
we have just played you a track called A Little Dedication. It was recorded in 2017 by Jonah Hitchens and uh, his band. It's a lovely track. Right, time for a little bit of news. I don't have any specific news yet, but I did have a really lovely experience today. So um, as we've talked about in previous episodes that we're looking, I'm looking to program some music into the Trowbridge Town Hall. We're hopefully going to do something in May. Uh, prior to that, what we're hoping to do is to do some live recordings of bands that we can then share across socials. Wiltshire Rural Music, who Gavin came on a few weeks ago, we've done their six. They've been, they're in the can and they're due to be released. And then under the auspices of The Pump, I'm looking to record a few more myself. And I've somewhat aimed that at specifically the slightly, well, the more traditional folkier end of the spectrum. But what that enables me to also do is engage different demographics. Today I met a chap called Aidan, but he's a local Turkish chap. He owns a local veg shop and sometimes he sits outside the veg shop and he plays his Zaz. It's called a Zaz. Um, it's like a little three string guitar. Absolutely fantastic. If you hear anybody playing them, it immediately sounds Middle Eastern Turkish. It's that like, real strong identity. Um, and I met him today and I said, look, I'd like to record you. I got the impression he wasn't quite understanding what it was I was trying to portray to him. So when he turned up at Town Hall to see the venue, to see the space, he brought an interpreter with him. because He doesn't actually speak or really understand English. He sent me this message and I'll read it to you. He says, Kieran, thank you so much. It made me very happy to meet you. I'm very, I'm waiting on news from you. I thought that was lovely. Very happy to meet me. I just thought that was really nice for him to send that message. That's something for later in the year then, hopefully. (laughs) Hopefully, yeah. One of the articles I was reading about is that by July, they are hoping that the UK will be broadly back to normal, which is a positive sign for the later festivals of 21. And 2000 Trees. I knew you were going to specifically pick them. (laughs) You've got some kind of sponsorship with them. One one thing I did notice uh, about nightclubs is that they want to trial quick COVID testing. So before they let you into a nightclub, to have a 15-minute COVID test. I was wondering if that could be a gateway to opening festivals this year. Um, The very first thing that came up as a result of that being announced, quick COVID test, is who's going to pay for them? Who's going to administer them? And how does that affect entry and exits? They've, they've said it's potentially going to cost between six and seven quid per test. Who's going to pay for that? Does the venue pay for that? Does the, art, does the ticket holder pay for that? There's a really laughable news article where, that, where somebody says that's going to take the profit off the ticket. I'll tell you something now, every listener. No venue or promoter is earning seven pound ticket profit on a ticket. just doesn't happen. And how do you do that to the people who started on the Prosecco at... Uh... At midday and then they went to get into the nightclub 12 hours later well exactly it's it's quite uh it's almost like the people that suggested it don't run events it's almost like the people who suggested it haven't asked the people who run events what they think it's a hey. very valid point very valid <laughs> oh i know i know we'll, we'll bloody just test them as they go in that'd be, that'd be fine and it's only seven pounds they can pay for it all right be fine right <laughs> If you want to get in touch with us on the email, sheerisolation at gmail.com is where you want to go. So uh, send us some tunes, send us some news. We always uh, look out on that and feature tunes. <laughs> Just throw your pen across the room. I am rubbish at being distracted by you. I do like to distract you, don't I? But never mind. It's entertaining. Right. We will <laughs> leave it at that then, Kieran, because we are out of time. So thanks for listening, everybody. I hope uh, we've entertained you for half hour. We will be back so. in place next week. Love you, John. Until next time. Doodles, my friends. Take Bye. care, buddy. Bye.